This is the BSN Denver Buffs Podcast, powered by the BSN Denver Podcast Network. Now, here are your hosts, Brian Koenigsberg and Jake Shapiro. Once again, Connor McGahey with that wonderful intro on the BSN Buffs Podcast, introducing Jake Shapiro and Ryan Koenigsberg to my left. But Allie does not. Yeah, when she stops intro. being so sassy, we might get her on I'm the really intro. I'm really upset about that, and I'm not sassy, okay? Do you hear the sass? <laughs> you could literally hear the sass through your earphones right now. I am not a sassy person. You know what you shouldn't be sassy I'm about? I'm Latina. That's you, all I have to say. Or you know what you shouldn't get to be, you, you know what you shouldn't have to be sassy about? What's that? What? Fast no hassle payouts mm. when you Definitely. are sports better. No sassle payouts. No oh sassle payouts. Let's God. go. Football fans are flooding the online marketplace, putting Big-time action on football games, and then they have to wait weeks to collect their cash. Ryan, have you had that problem? Many a time, many a time. There's nothing, you just admitted to sports betting, there's nothing more frustrating. (laughs) That's why thousands of online players are going to mybookie.lv. They offer real Las Vegas odds, I love how I say that, incredible player props, and live in-game action with odds updated in real time. And as we just told you, fast, no hassle payouts, when you win. Join now, and they'll match your first deposit dollar for dollar up to $1,000 and get an extra 10% on top of that when you sign up today using promo code BSN Denver. That's BSN Denver. You get a promo code. You use it. That's 10% dollar for dollar. Expert or rookie, you got to go check out mybookie.lv. It's not betting if you always win. Okay. Well, speaking of that, uh, the Buffs are going to be... Speaking of that, the Buffs are the only team in the entire nation that are undefeated against the spread, 6-0. and Will they cover this week 14-point favorites? Uh, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people sure think so, and I sure think so as well. Um, they're going to come out at home. They're going to have Cepho, in my opinion, and I think this offense gets on the right track and puts up some big numbers and eventually does cover that spread, which is very big. We're going to get into that a little bit later, but they obviously covered against USC, as Ryan said, because they're undefeated against the spread. But, I mean, I guess that would have been a, one of the only positives for Buffs fans in that game. Colorado ended up losing to USC, and I think – I don't know if the expectation was there for them to win, but there certainly was a feeling that the Buffs would win. You even predicted, both of you guys actually even predicted that yeah. the Buffs would win. I thought I'd call you out on that because I'm always the one getting predictions wrong. But uh, what I'm trying to say is a lot of people thought that this weekend, homecoming weekend, would be playing for that sixth win, but that is not the case. And uh, I don't know if it's – it hasn't really clouded many fans, though. I think fans just kind of was at eh. You know, it's USC, the Coliseum, we lost, whatever. Yeah, I think, you know, Tyler Ziskin, after the game, I was talking to him, and he had the pretty pretty even outlook on it. He was just like, I don't even care even a little bit. Like, I want, of course, you want to win, but it's not a big issue. It's not a big issue to lose that game. You know, there's no, there's no reason to hang your head for going to the Coliseum and losing to a team that, frankly, does have more talented players than you. And I think... That was my biggest takeaway from the game. Like, there's just a couple plays in there. Uh, I think the entire microcosm of the whole game is Akella Witherspoon going up for that interception and just getting the ball ripped out of his hands. Like, he got completely mossed, and it was really embarrassing, and they lost the game because of that. But He got mossed. But, We're really using that now? Yeah, that's a thing. I don't like that. Uh, it's, it's been used forever, ever since Randy was the man. But he that to me was a microcosm of the whole game they just have bigger stronger faster players and while the buffs came in with the better team in my in my opinion but really emphasizing that word team they simply just got out talented on a few plays and that ended up being the difference 
you know, it looked like to me that the Buffs never really got in rhythm. And yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, Allie, you actually talked to me a little bit of about this off-air. So, I mean, I want, I want to just throw that to you because that was your point. I just think, I mean, yes, it's not – it wasn't, a, like, a bad loss. Like, it's not like I was upset that – well, obviously, everyone was upset that they lost, but – I just was upset with how CU came out to play. Their offense just never really picked it up. And I just, like, you during the game, you could see Steven Montes kept looking over to the sidelines to Coach Mack and just didn't know what was going on. Like, he was, they had to call a timeout at one point, and he just didn't seem comfortable out on the field like he has in the past. And there was also no, their fast-paced offense just wasn't there. And I think that's a really big reason why they didn't execute well this game is because they didn't come out that way. And even Bry or Bryce Bobo talked about uh, during the press conference yesterday how to grab momentum, he they did play do that trick play where Bryce threw to Philip Lindsay, and it was to try and spark more momentum for the Buffs because they hadn't any in the first half. Yeah, I think this is a. I'm going to try and say something here, and maybe someone at home will understand it, and maybe you don't. The Buffs didn't deserve to win that game, but they should have won the game, and that's the crazy part about it because like they came out flat. I guess not flat. They just couldn't get anything going. And then somehow they found themselves in a position where they should should have won the game. Like, Akella Witherspoon brings that ball down, they win the game, in my opinion. So, and, and really he should have made that play. So it's, they didn't deserve to win it, but they should have won it. And so yeah. I, that's where the disappointment comes from, I think, in a few places. But again, you're 4-2, and two, which is better than anyone had you at this point. I mean, I'm sure people had you at 3-3 three and three maybe. You're ahead of schedule, and that's what's most important, you know. You're on pace for eight wins right now halfway through the season, so I think everyone can be happy with that. Yeah, I talked to Jimmy Gilbert a little bit about it today, and you're going to hear that interview later in the podcast. But I asked him about the frustration that the defense could have had. And to me, if I was a defensive player, I just would have been so frustrated because you go out there and you play such a good game as a defensive unit, and you, know, you get left on the field like that late in the game, and then people are trying to place blame on the defense. Like, the defense played great. The offense let them down all game, and then the one time the defense didn't come through was that last possession, and then the defense gets blamed. Yeah, I mean, that's, it's, it's tough. You know, everything is kind of viewed in a vacuum, every, every play, every drive. Um, so, you know, people don't look at the fact that 14-0 at halftime was a blessing. I mean, yeah, they could have been getting blown out at halftime. And, and they had four, inter, uh, four uh, uh, not interceptions, turnovers. turnovers in the game, and they weren't able to capitalize. That's the game right there, if, if you're talking to me, is you have four turnovers and you aren't able to capitalize more than seven points. You're not winning any road games like that. Yeah, it's tough. Like I said, they, they didn't deserve to win the game because really they were getting outplayed in a lot of different facets. And if it's not for those turnovers that they force early – then it could have been a lot worse. I mean, you know, the game starts with another microcosm of, of uh, forcing a fumble on the goal line. It was like, you know, I kept saying, Ben, don't break, Ben, don't break. And that was the epitome of Ben, don't break right there. So it's a tough game. I mean, you lose games on the road. It just happens. And, and now you get a chance to come back against one of the worst defenses uh, I've seen in the Pac-12 that wasn't wearing black and gold in a while. I agree. I mean, I talked a lot about last week about how I didn't think um, the defense was playing as well as they should. And against USC, I really think they did step up. And I was really impressed with how they played, especially holding USC to um, 21 points when it could have been a blowout, like Ryan said. Yeah, I'm really interested to see how they bounce back this week, especially considering that the team that they're playing and the skilled 
skill of the players that they're playing is going to diminish big time. So I'm expecting the defense to come out and have a huge game at home defending Folsom Field and Colorado football and all those things Mike McIntyre and the unit has talked about. Still undefeated in Colorado this season. Right, and, and that's been a point of emphasis and a point of pride of this team, and that's so different than what it has been in the past. And I really like that because home field is so important in college sports. We always talk about it in college basketball, defending your home court. Buffs only lost one game at home last year in the Pac-12 at all, and it was such a big thing. And I think if you're able to take care of business at home, and really if you are able to take care of business at home, you go to a bowl every year. You know? Yep, yep so, exactly. Uh, we're going to come back on the other side of this break and talk about the Colorado Buffaloes game against the Arizona State Sun Devils. But first got to tell you about Colorado Keg House, which is off of 36 in Wadsworth. And you know what? 6 p.m. game? Why don't you stop off at the Colorado Keg House on the way to your tailgate around 12-1? They are the perfect place for all Colorado craft beers, nitros, ales, IPAs, stouts, all of those different things that you love in Colorado craft beer. They display it at 36 and Wadsworth right next to the Broomfield Event Center at the Colorado Keg House. So stop on by. 30 flat screen TVs, perfect it's like the perfect place to watch college football, in my opinion. All of your favorite Al's. You got Alfred Williams, Alfredo Sauce. Um, you got me, Alan. Al. Alan Williams. Al. I think that's a country <laughs> singer. You got Ali Monroy. Oh, yeah. Just Al's across the board. We'll be right back on the VSN Bus <laughs> Podcast. Fossil Trace Golf Club is a destination for golfers across the country. Tucked into the foothills of Golden, Colorado, Fossil Trace is one of the most unique courses in America. Hole 12 was named one of the most fun 18 holes in America by Golf Digest. Fossil Trace is 5280's best golf course, and it's less than 20 minutes from downtown Denver. Go to Fossil Trace to escape the ordinary and discover the extraordinary with prehistoric and modern. Schedule your tee time up to 60 days in advance at FossilTrace.com. Preferred Organic Therapy is one of Denver's original dispensaries. They've carried a fine list of award-winning strains since 2009, and they now carry Colorado's largest selection of edibles. You'll find other things like Apothecana oils and creams, Marcaha oral tinctures, and Charlotte's Web CBD. Nobody gives you the variety that Preferred Organic Therapy does. We're conveniently located off of I-25 and Colorado Boulevard. Preferred Organic Therapy, a better way to heal. Welcome back to the BSN Buffs podcast. This is Jake Shapiro alongside Ryan Koenigsberg and Ali Monroy. Coming to you from the Blake Street Tavern where we had a really fun time Saturday night. We, uh, we even showed our uh, – we, we sent a couple videos of what the Blake Street Tavern looked like Saturday. It was wild. Make sure that's it those videos, wild. though. What? <laughs> Let's make sure we keep it with those videos. Yes. Oh, definitely. videos from Saturday night. I have a lot of funny videos. It, let's just put it this way. The Blake Street Tavern was a great place to start our night. It was a catalyst it, it for was one lit, hell of a guys. night. It was lit. Yes. But, you know, Blake Street Tavern is a good place to come to around that dinner time or time to watch college football. But you know what place you need to go to this time of year? What place? MyBookie.lv. It is the perfect place for all of your sports betting needs. Uh, They're the place where you can make some serious cash while watching football. And uh, thousands of experts and rookies are playing and winning big there. They offer real Las Vegas odds, amazing player props, and live in-game action with odds updated in real time. It doesn't get better than that, folks. But the best thing about MyBookie.lv is the fast, no-hassle payouts when you win. Join now, and they'll match your first deposit dollar for dollar up to $1,000. Get an extra 10% bonus on top of that when you sign up and deposit today. Make sure you use promo code BSNDenver. That is the site you are on, BSNDenver. 
and that'll get you that promo code, expert or rookie, you got to go check out mybookie.lv. True. So the Buffs, we mentioned this, are 14-point favorites, which you can check that line out on my bookie. But it's the first time they've been favored by this many points at home in a conference game since, gosh, they must have been playing Kansas in the mid-2000s. Since uh, I'm pretty sure uh, last time they played a home game. No, 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 no. Uh, conference home game. Uh-huh. Oregon State. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's right. That's <laughs> right. That is right. Wow. Short memory shot today. One but game at a time, baby. One, one, one biggest game of the year at a time. Ted wrote today in his article, uh, this is the biggest game of, of Colorado football in years. And I'm like, I think I've said that every, every single week. game every for the last week. three years. Yeah. Speaking of one game at a time, the other day I was at King Supers, and I was still wearing my Broncos media pass, which I didn't realize I was doing. And the cashier was like, oh, have a good weekend. It looks like you're going to the game. And in my mind, I was thinking about the CU game, and I was like, oh, no, it's in L.A. And she was like, no, the Broncos game. And I was like, ah, sorry, I just take it one game at a time. Oh, my goodness. Oh, God. It's she ru- didn't understand. It's rubbing. The, the yeah, a lot of people don't Trevor Simeon is rubbing sometimes. off on you. Yep, one day at a time, baby. But uh, the Colorado Buffaloes have been taking it one day at a time with their quarterbacks this week. They haven't announced a starter yet officially. Sefa Lufau is back atop the depth chart rather than being a bottom the depth chart, uh, even though it was just listed as injured, he's still listed as injured, except he's on top now. Uh, Ryan, who do you want to see quarterbacking the Colorado Buffaloes this week as they face Arizona State for homecoming? I think it's time to give the, give the reins back to old Cepho. Um, he, got, he got you here. You know, and that's what I, I'm always about, you know, dance with the ones that brought you. And uh, Cepho <laughs> brought them here. so ridiculous. What is this? <laughs> Why is that ridiculous? Dance with the ones that brought you? Yeah. Like, you know, you don't go to the dance with, with one guy and then go dance with his best friend. That's solid advice. That's Thank solid. You. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I so wish some people in high school would have heeded that advice that took me to dances. <laughs> <laughs> I actually got in trouble the, the other when I was, I didn't dance with the one that I brought. But that's a whole different story. Yeah. Why do you guys do, my little brother did that at his last homecoming in high school. And I was like, why? Well, because for me, it was one of those situations where you get, like, it was like, okay, here's the group. And, like, everyone paired up. And I got paired with, like, a girl that she was fine. But, like, I didn't want, she wasn't who I wanted to go with. Mm-hmm. And so, you know. One, okay. Well. One drink led to another. And uh, anyways. Keep so, dance with the ones that brought you. Cepho. He's the one that brought them, uh, and it's time to you know finish the night off with him. They they danced with one, with a, with another uh, date for a little bit. It was fun. They ha- they had a couple good moves, but you got to get back to the guy that brought you here. And and I think that's Sefo, and I think the whole team can kind of rally around the idea of Sefo getting back in the driver's seat. It was very odd. I I still don't know what to make of Sefo coming out, coming in, and then being taken right back out on Saturday. Uh, I want to chalk it up to the idea that he still was wasn't healthy, but he was healthy enough to go in there and give them a few plays. But I didn't I didn't feel good about that when it happened. So if he's not starting this week, to me that means the decision has been made. Stephen Montez is now the starter. I think that would be the wrong decision. So I'm hoping to see Sefo as the quarterback. Well, I overheard Sefo talking, um, and he was talking about how when he did go into the game against USC he felt fine but at the same time coach talked about how he was kind of not limping but not running as much as he would normally and so I don't know I think this week you definitely go for Cepho if he is a hundred percent 
He seems so eager to get back out there. I overheard him saying that he feels a lot better. He feels 100%. So it's all going to be a game-time decision once again, I feel like. I don't care if he's 100% at this point. He's healthy enough for me. He, I, I've seen him walk around. I know that's not playing football, but he's not wearing a brace. His ankle is not as swollen as it was two weeks ago. He, he's been lifting weights. I've seen some of the videos that they've put out, and right. you can see him in the background lifting weights. He's been throwing from what I've heard in practice. He's been practicing unlike he, he, he wasn't practicing after he initially got hurt. It sounds like he's on track to play in a football game now uh, to the level that he can, and that's important. Yeah, I, I talked to a source that's actually been inside practice. They said he looks completely normal, and what that, what that person told me was that if Sefo doesn't start, that means that there has been a move made behind the scenes. And what's interesting is what I've heard is that they're still splitting reps a little bit. Uh, and I don't know, I don't want to say there's a competition at that position. And Steven Montez dispelled any possible controversy. He kind of yeah. said, and I, I wrote this in my column about Sefa Lufau, where he said, you know, if they want to give it to Sefo, I'm all for that. Because, you know, he's the veteran. He's the guy that's been through all these bumps and bruises. He deserves to be here. So, the only person that really isn't on Team Cepho in my mind is Mike McIntyre uh, or whoever's making that decision to play that quarterback, whether it's And have Darren I not Shavarini been saying that for weeks? Yes, and you've you been have, saying you that. And, it, and it's really interesting because the whole team rallies behind Cepho. The other quarterbacks are rallying behind Cepho. Most of the coaching staff seems to be rallying behind Cepho. But uh, if this week, if it doesn't amount to Cepho playing – I think you're right where it's Cephal Lufau is no longer the starting quarterback of this team, but I think you can chalk up the last few weeks to injury, whereas this week it's I convenient. don't think you can. It's convenient to chalk it up to injury, I'll say that. Um, yep. Whether or not he's the starter this week will tell me whether that's the case or not. Well, going into everything else in the game rather than just the starting quarterback position, let's look at Arizona State's quarterback situation, which is bad. It is so bad, it's like Colorado Buffalo's end of 2015 bad, where they are pulling names out of hats to figure out who the hell they're going to plug in at that quarterback spot, hoping someone sticks. And there's potential that they're going to start their fourth-string quarterback this week, and that just bodes beautifully for the Buffs. Right. I mean, it, it really opens up the game plan. It makes it pretty easy for Jim Levitt. Pressure, pressure, pressure. That's what you do to back up quarterbacks, and that's what Jim Levitt likes to do anyway. So... If that's to happen, I just don't think it is what's going to happen. I have a feeling they're going to get Wilkins in there um, and just kind of have him try and play through that injury. Well, Coach Mack talked about uh, during the press conference how he thinks it's a very, very scary thing, his words, very, very scary thing to not know who the starting quarterback will be. Yeah, I'm sure he thinks that's scary. That's why he's been trying to do it to other teams exactly. for the last three weeks. That's what I thought right. too. It's, it's scary in the sense that it's scary like my Halloween costume last year was scary. What was your Halloween costume? Uh, I didn't wear a shirt. That's why. That's, it was scary. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't actually scary. It was just like, gosh, what is, like, what is he doing? I mean, um, watch my <laughs> words here, but there are people that would be more scary without a shirt on, I'll just say. I know what you're talking about, <laughs> and it's amazing. I, um, I don't know. think you do. I'm being dead serious. I'm just saying, like, you're pretty, like, un, like, you know, you just look this normal a without a shirt. This conversation to be having. BSN Buffs podcast where we critique journalists and how they would look without shirts <laughs> on. But guys, not females. Guys. <laughs> yeah. You stay out of this alley. Yes. Yeah, We're just will. talking about dudes with their shirt no, off over trust here. Me, old, I don't want to be a part of this. Men's club. Okay. But, uh, you know, 
Arizona State in general, they, they've got one player that really actually is scary. Speaking of the Blake Street Tavern, which is decorated in Halloween stuff, so it is a little spooky. So here. spooky. But uh, they've got one player that is a little spooky to cover as a defensive player, and that's Kalen Balage. Uh, Mike McIntyre said today, jokingly in his press, uh, in his little media scrum, he's like, yeah, they've got that one dude on offense that I think scored a billion touchdowns in one game. And you might say he scored a barrage of touchdowns. Okay. Dude, that would have been such a good call, the barrage from Balage. <laughs> Ugh, nice. Oh, my god. That should be what it's called. Like, that's what they should call it in history. I'm kind of hoping he has, like, 15 touchdowns against the Buffs so I can call my article that. No, you, you don't want to see that. <laughs> you, know, you know how devilish I think. But, uh, <laughs> you know, this segment is right. Ryan, Ryan off the rails. actually was like, be also prepared for the puns. He, he warned me yesterday. I've been in a punny mood all week. Oh, God. He's really seeing the sunny really side of things this week. I hate these puns, and I always miss Will when this happens. The devil is in the detail of these puns. Can't win them all. Can't win them all. Uh, but, gosh, where are we even going at this point? Uh, let's we were talking about. <laughs> so. Colorado, Arizona State, what I think is key for the Buffs is getting pressure on that quarterback. We mentioned it a little bit, but forcing those turnovers is going to be big because it's going to dispel Arizona State quickly if the Colorado Buffaloes are able to really get into the mind of either the third or fourth string or maybe even the fifth string quarterback in this game and say, hey, this is a legitimate Pac-12 defense and you're a guy that last played quarterback in high school. Their fifth string quarterback, yeah, is a wide receiver. So... You know, once that happens, you you can pretty much put the the game away, uh, in my opinion. If you lose to someone putting a wide receiver at quarterback, unless it's Bryce Bobo because he throws dimes he, he apparently, does. <laughs> <laughs> you're in trouble. I talked to Bobo a little bit about this this week, and he uh, he didn't even play quarterback in high school. He played his last quarterback was in Pop Warner, but he said he's been asking for that play for three years, and he finally throw. got that. He wasn't going to get it before because Nelson Spruce Loki had the best arm on the team. The entire time he was here, like, he's not the best quarterback, but he could throw the ball the furthest. So he was getting that call. But the, the sneaky genius of that play is that no one would have ever known that Bryce Bobo is left-handed. So you run that play that way, which if you're a right-hander, you're not going to be able to throw that back across your body. He plants and throws it left-handed, which was never in the minds of the defense while he's going that way. And you score a touchdown on it. Pretty, pretty, uh, pretty well done by Darren Cheverini and Brian Lindgren over there. I don't think you'll see any trick plays this weekend. I think the Buffs will keep it pretty standard, try and keep their playbook out of other teams' hands. Uh, Ryan, Allie, what are your predictions for the game? How do you feel this one's going to go uh, on homecoming weekend? A lot of people coming up to Boulder for this one. We're going predictions this early in the show, huh? Well, we have a bunch of other things to, to cover in the show. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I gave Tyler Ziskin a prediction earlier today. I'm going to have to try and judge it from my memory. I believe I said 41 to 27. It's oh, wow. a high-scoring game. Their their defense is really, really bad. I mean, really bad. Yeah, I just said 28-13 on our preview video, but I kind of rethought about that, and I'm thinking, I'm thinking like 42 to. No, really? one prediction 17. a week. One prediction a week. I mean, Fine, I'll keep 28-13, but it's going to be more high-scoring than that for the Buffs. I had 28. Um, 21, I think the Buffs will win by a touchdown. But Texas Tech scored like 100 points on them. The Darren Cheverini offense right there. Yeah. No, who knows? Who knows? It could be. Uh, I just, after. It might be a, I a believe, cold fog over the field. I, that just, I don't know. I, maybe with Steph Owen, then my prediction would change. But after seeing last week and the offense just wasn't able to execute, I know they're at Folsom and I know 
It's against ASU, but I just am still gonna stick to it being a lower scoring game than that like 40 points. Coming up on the other side of the break, we're gonna talk about what Mike McIntyre needs to do to get an extension. That's directly after the break. A few minutes after that, uh, I sat down with Jimmy Gilbert. I actually stood up with Jimmy Gilbert, and I saw to about his nipple because he's very big and I am very small, uh, which is a nice change of pace because the basketball players I see up to about their belly button. But either way, <laughs> I talked to Jimmy Gilbert, and you're going to hear that interview. In the fourth segment, we're either going to do the all-name draft or have some other fun things we're planning. So stick around. We've got a lot more coming for you on the BSN Buffs podcast. Jackson's Hole opened in March of 1977 and quickly became the place for watching sports. Almost 40 years later, and Jackson's All-American Sports Grill is keeping the reputation alive. There's 65 and 70-inch TVs everywhere, the food is still amazing, and there's almost 30 beers on tap, including our table taps that you can control at your own booth. Come down to Jackson's All-American Sports Grill in Greenwood Village off Arapahoe and I-25, the original sports grill. By staying at the forefront of cannabis genetics, cultivation, and quality control, the clinic provides the best cannabis you'll find. And with 50 awards, they've won more than any other dispensary in Colorado. There's also a brand new clinic location right next to the Colorado Light Rail Station. And if you bring in a ticket from the game, they'll give you 15% off your entire purchase there. Seriously, check them out. Go to the new location off Colorado or go to theclinickcolorado.com. Welcome back to the BSN Buffs podcast. I'm Jake Shapiro alongside Ryan Konigsberg and Ali Monroy, the BSN Buffs squad. And, you know, where squads hang out can change. But one of the places our squad, our three, our trio, both of us have hung out here, but our trio hasn't hung out here yet, is the Clock Tower Grill. Yeah, I really want to go there. I'll be there this year. Yes. I'm excited. You were just talking about maybe having an event over by uh, Chateau RK. An event? Uh, or is it a function? A function. A function Thank at Chateau you. RK. Is it a work function at BSN? Could be. Okay. Ali didn't come to the last one. Her fault, not ours. Either way, Chateau RK right by Clock Tower Grill. And that is the perfect place to get your pregame on. $3 Long Islands on Mondays. I love a Long Island. Love me a Long Island. 75 cent wings on Wednesday, which is begs the question, why aren't we doing the podcast there on Wednesdays? Because 75 cent wings. Because the Blake Street Tavern. Also rules, but yes. It looks so three, like you're about to just And $3 rapping. shots on Friday. Uh, Clock Tower Grill, perfect place to get your pregame on right off the Lincoln Light Rail Station uh, down south. So, speaking of the south, Pac-12 South. Mike McIntyre dominating it right now for the first time in Let's his. Come uh, off that term a little bit. I like that term. Dominating. Dominating is a good term. He's not though. Okay. Well, I was a little. I was a little He's hyperbole. He's doing well. Either way. He is doing well. He it is. begs the question, which I thought we'd be asking six weeks into the season: When is Mike McIntyre's tenure going to end? Now we're asking the question: When does his tenure get extended? Uh, and that is the Colorado Safe Outlet question of the week. What, what needs to happen for Mike McIntyre to get that contract extension? His contract is up at the end of the year. Uh, A.J. Hayfley, our Avs editor, says they need to win more games. Hashtag Yahtzee, hashtag that guy, hashtag sorry. I needed to make A.J. look stupid. Uh, Ace says get bowl eligible. Jordan Denning, top three in division or eight wins, though I think six or seven wins will still get him a one-year extension. Uh, David Kay, keep doing what he's doing. It's all about giving him time. Ben Burroughs, the lovely Ben Burroughs, who you should check out his basketball preview in a few weeks when that comes out. Lovely, uh, eh? Lovely. He's a lovely guy. Uh, go to a bowl, he says. Double A, bowl game, and Coach L agrees to stay as... Coach L agreeing to stay as the DC if he is looking to be a head... 
that doesn't make sense. So Go bowl, bowling, Charles McGee said, I don't think my bar can change midseason. Not fair to head coach Mike McIntyre. Had I known four and one start, I would have demanded more. So that's a good point. Had you known the Buffs were going to start four and one, would you have demanded more than a bowl from Mike McIntyre? Or would have you said, you know, hey, they, they haven't won four games under Mike Ma They've won only four games under Mike McIntyre. To start four and one, that's quite the turnaround, let alone four wins in a whole season. This was the teeter season. So it was you either you either don't make a bowl and the Mike McIntyre era is over, or you do make a bowl and the Mike McIntyre era goes on. And so to me, you make a bowl and you extend Mike McIntyre. That means he's done everything you've asked him to in terms of turning around this program. And we all know how tough that rebuild was. So I think a bowl game to me is the right uh, time to do it. Now, I have to say... Uh, I'm following Ali Monroy on Twitter, and I'm at a Broncos press conference, actually, at the same time. But I see her tweet, Rick George coming to the podium out of nowhere. It was so surprising. <laughs> during the uh, Tuesday press conference, and I for sure thought that they were about to announce an extension for Mike McIntyre, which I would have thought would have been premature. Uh, we saw what happened the last time they extended someone premature, and it was not good. So be patient. Make sure he gets to that threshold and uh, lock him up. I agree with that. you got to get to six, and, and that's the magic number. Once you get to six, I think you extend him. But we've talked a lot about scenarios over the course of the offseason on the BSM Buffs podcast. What if you go one and six to end your season, you get into a bowl with five games? Is that acceptable to you? Hell no. That's kind of how I feel, too. Uh, first of all, they're not, not going to get into a bowl with five wins. Um, even uh, I just... Even if they did, no, that's... It's not acceptable. You can't go 1-6 and six to finish the season. I agree. Um, I think you go to a bowl game, that's, like, the big priority. And, I mean, Rick George even talked about during the press conference how they've been patient, he's been patient with, and he knows that Mike has a process, and it's starting to work out. And he just kept reminding the press there's still six games left in the season. Was there... A uh, question asked about extending Mike McIntyre no. in that press conference? Okay. What was his response about being patient in the process and all that? What was the question? Do you remember? I don't remember. You'd have to check out the video on BSN Denver. It is there. Yep. It is there. It's, it's 12 minutes, 13 minutes. He talked long. He spoke longer than Mac did. Rick yeah. George is the man. And, and what I'll say that Rick George said, and one of the reasons I bet he came to the press conference, Colorado, and he's right, Colorado fall sports are having probably their most successful yep. fall ever. Not even probably. I think it's pretty much No, it's the most in CU's yeah. history. Yeah, history. so you look across right now, the soccer team's ranked. They've won eight straight games, I believe, now. Volleyball has been ranked. I don't know where they are at right now. Football team, obviously successful, too. And uh, women, I said women's soccer already. But what I'm trying to say is that the Colorado Buffaloes team right now has been – uh, the whole athletic department has been very successful, and that's something to be championed, and that hasn't been like that for a while. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, everything – I've been trying to explain uh, to my stepdad, who has been one of the few people that has disagreed with some of the decisions for um, – has disagreed with some of the decisions by Rick George, including one like the tailgating lot in the front of the stadium – well, my family was big in there, and they kind of got phased out with the new things. But I've been trying to explain to him that Rick George uh, is maybe the best thing to happen to Colorado athletics since Bill McCartney. And you see how kind of that is all coming to fruition now. It's not only football, which really is the bread and butter of any athletic department. So 
the rest of it really doesn't matter unless you also have the football success. Well, now they're having the football success. They're having the volleyball success. They're having the soccer success. It's all of it together now, and all of a sudden, you could now be running a program that is a power in the Pac-12 if they can keep on this trajectory. So Rick George deserves a ton of credit because running an athletic department, while in a lot of senses it is only about football, it's not only about football. So to have every team on the right track, even women's basketball, who was one of the worst teams uh, in the school last season, new coaching staff moving in the right direction, all sorts of good things happening over there. So uh, what Rick George has done here, even though he hasn't been asked to make – those are the only two hires he's made – are um, volleyball and basketball, women's basketball, that is. He's done all, he's pressed all the right buttons to get everyone moving in the right I mean, direction. I mean, looking at women's soccer, they finished 12th in the Pac-12 last year. They're undefeated in the Pac-12 right now. That's, that's a rise, if you want to talk about the rise. That is a rise. And a guy I talked about the rise a little bit about with today was Jimmy Gilbert. I interviewed him inside the indoor practice facility, a building Rick George built himself with his own two hands. Uh, <laughs> But I was standing right next to the Heisman Trophy and all these beautiful things inside of that room. And I'm like, wow, Rick George has done a terrific job. And I kind of talked to Jimmy Gilbert about kind of what happens behind closed doors to get them to that level where they feel like they can compete uh, with these other Pac-12 teams like they have and win these games and what's changed. And you can hear that interview now. Jimmy, you've had quite the year thus far, uh, making quite the impact on defense. Where have you seen your game improve most? Um, Pass rush and trying to just be able to drop my hips and try to set an edge as best I can. Um, in the past three years, definitely, uh, my pass rush has been complete crap, not to where I want it to be. And so this year I've really made emphasis in practice during fall camp. And just me and Derek were just trying to make emphasis and trying to make a game out of it. Who can get the most sacks and just make it a competition because when you compete, you, dry, you, want, you want more, you work harder. So we've just been trying to do that all season. You know, you talk about working harder. Every guy on this team talks about working harder. But what specifically do you do behind closed doors to get to a level where you go from, I don't want to say average, but, you know, you've made a jump in your pass rushing game? Preparation. Um, preparation, key, studying, film, uh, putting the right nutrition in your body, getting sleep, uh, working out, doing every, stretching, ice tubs, things like that. Because as far as just defensively, it's a lot. It's offensive line, outside linebacker takes a toll on your body. And if your body isn't healthy, then no matter what, what you do, you're not going to be able to really produce much. And so, and preparation comes on because if you if you study film, know what know the triggers, know what they know what their tendencies are, you can more or less start to predict and guess things that are going on. And as that progresses, you can start making adjustments for yourself, and you can be able to make make plays that if you hadn't studied film, you wouldn't be ready for. You know, some of those things seem very similar to the things guys have talked about in terms of the rise and you know, behind closed doors and what happens here in terms of building a program and getting these bricks up on the wall and all those different things that come with the rise. What do you guys do? What do you focus on? I know you focus on preparation. I know you focus on working harder, but, you know, what are some of the other things that maybe aren't talked about as much? Because it seems like, you know, to, to take the program for, from where it was when you got here to where it's headed right now, that's a monumental leap, and I, I, I don't think it can be overstated. Um. One thing that we've started to come into is uh, faith in our other teammates because in the past uh, we would try to do our job and way, way more past our capabilities. And then when we do that, that's when we start to fluke and start to mess up. And now we just have faith that me as an outside linebacker, I have faith that Jordan Carroll, who's inside of me at, at a defensive end, is going to 
whole point and be able to flatten out the, flatten out the run so that when I can get to the edge, the ball bounces. Or I know that when I have those three guys inside on a pass rush, if I can make the quarterback step up, they're going to be there for the sack. Or knowing that if when I set the edge, Kenneth and, and Addison and Rick are flowing and I know they're going to be able to make the play. Things like that. You having faith in the players and knowing that they're going to do their job so you can do your job. You're not really, and that's one less thing to worry about. You name a lot of guys there, and those are a lot of elite guys, but there are a lot of deep guys, too. It's a lot of depth, and that seems to be a big factor because you sustain a loss like DMAC, and it really hasn't affected the overall defensive line too much, at least from my outside eye. Um, one thing Coach Levitt really emphasizes is when someone goes down, uh, the next guy has to step up, and so when that guy steps up, the level of play can't drop, and so that's one thing we really been, we've really been working on getting the younger guys, getting the guys who are not as experienced, experienced in in-game situations, into the game, playing, so that when and into practice, so that when these situations come, come up into play, they're ready to go, they're hitting all cylinders, and we're, we're not losing a step. How uh, meaningful is it to you when you see uh, in the rankings or in the stats that you guys are ranked pretty high in terms of overall defense and pass defense and all those different categories uh, halfway into the season now? Honestly, to me, it doesn't mean nothing because it all, what happens in the middle of the season at the beginning of the season doesn't matter. It's what, it's what your record is and what you've done at the end of the season. So if we, aren't, if we don't come out and play like we should these next six, five, six games, then everything we did the first half of the season is, is meaningless and pointless because we still didn't reach our goal. And so for us, it's just taking one game at a time, focusing on that one opponent, not looking three, four games ahead. So, so like we have, a, we have a, our schedule. And most important name on our schedule is Colorado. Why? Because we can we control what Colorado does, not the, uh, not our opponent. We control our preparation. We control our tenacity, our effort, everything else. Not not who we play. And so, one thing that I was always told since high school is, if as a team we do our job better than they do their job, we'll win. And so at that at that point, it's just coming out to see you. Who's going to do their job better? Who's going to produce more? Who's going to get the stops? Who's going to make the tackles? Who's going to make big plays? And once you get those in and you get those rolling, the whole team just starts rolling with it. Offense feeds off, offense feeds off defense. Defense feeds off offense. And the whole team is just feeding. You get this effervescence that, that, you, that you feel in the stands. You, know, you, you just mentioned that focus on Colorado. Phil Lindsay's talked about it. Darren Cheverini, Coach Mike McIntyre's talked about it. What does it mean, Colorado football? You guys keep emphasizing Colorado football. What does that mean? Um, for us, it's always starting fast, finishing the game, playing physical, um, taking these mental preparations that you have to take, taking these pregame preparations, getting fluids in your body, sleeping, things like that, just doing what you're supposed to do and more. Not, not just doing the bare minimum, going beyond that, being uncommon. That's one, of our, that's one of our things, being uncommon. You want to do more than what is just standard, what is just ordinary. And when you do that, that's when you start to excel. Looking back for one second at last week's game against USC, is it frustrating for you guys as a defense when you guys get four turnovers, you guys play a really stout game, and the offense just isn't able to capitalize and pull that W guys, that W out for you guys? Um, really, for, at least for me specifically, it had nothing to do with offense because it's the defense's job to keep the opponent under, under your team's score. And we didn't do that. We let them make big plays. We had mental, mental mistakes, blown coverages, missed tackles, things like that. And that's nothing they did. That's all us. And so in that aspect, 
I blame I can blame the defense, I can blame the offense, I can blame anybody. But I put that on me and I put that on the defense because even if the def- even if the offense doesn't produce, even if the offense doesn't get the touchdowns that we need, if they're scoring, it's our job to stop the other team from scoring. If offense puts points on the board, it's our job to make sure that their offense doesn't put points on the board. And we didn't do that. Looking forward to this week. What have you focused in on this week going into ASU? What are some of the, the points of your game that you're, you're emphasizing right now? Um, they have two very outstanding backs, uh, number seven and number four. Those, those guys run hard. They, they run low. They're fast. They're quick. Their offensive line is huge. They have a nice big offensive line. And so our emphasis this week is we've got to stop the run and try to make them one-dimensional. Because when we make it one-dimensional, it makes the game a whole lot easier. Uh, when we played USC, we allowed them to run the ball and throw the ball. So that put our secondary in, that hurt our secondary and that hurt, our, uh, that hurt us as a front. So when you can make them do one thing, it makes it a lot easier for you to play. And we didn't do that last week, so our emphasis is to do that this week. You know, Jimmy had some really interesting things to say, if you ask me, uh, about the defense's mentality and how they really – have a, a focus on themselves and every guy is holding themselves accountable and that's a change from last year or years before. Guys could easily point fingers uh, when things were going wrong but Jimmy talked about it and they said that they have this trust in every single player in themselves that if something goes wrong that you know they won't point the fingers but they know who the person accountable is and they hold that person accountable and coming from a leader on the team like Jimmy Gilbert is that's so meaningful and I, I even talked a little bit about uh, the loss of DMAC and how that's affected the defense and you heard him and I, I even said it it looks like nothing's changed on that defense even though DMAC is gone and they've really had to shift some guys around uh, because the effort of a guy like Jimmy Gilbert has really made up for the absence of DMAC. Yep. Yeah, I mean, Jimmy Gilbert's been great, and it, it's taken, it has taken him this long to kind of develop into a guy who can be a game changer or at least a game impactor uh, from that defensive end position, but he's done a really good job this season, and, and it's, it's showing, and, it, and it, it's one of the reasons they had success. I remember sitting right here in the summer talking about how they need to get to, get to the quarterback, and because of him, they are. We're going to come right back on the BSN Buffs podcast. We're going to do a segment called Word Association. It's going to have something to do with the Buffs because we're going to associate Buffs word. words with other things. Uh, so we'll be right back on the BSN Buffs podcast. Uflora is the Apple store of cannabis with three locations, the biggest selection in the state, and a tech-driven shopping experience. Uflora is the only dispensary you need. Uflora has over 75 types of edibles, tinctures, topicals, and drinks, and they have over 20 strains of flour at all times. To see everything Uflora has to offer, go to ufloracolorado.com. That's ufloracolorado.com. When is the last time you went to the Rock Restaurant and Bar on Smoky Hill Road? With 69-cent wings on Mondays, trivia on Tuesdays, and $2 domestics during happy hour and weekends, the Rock Restaurant and Bar is the only choice when I'm in South Aurora. They're open 9 a.m. to 2 a.m. every day, making them a great place for a big breakfast, tasty lunch, or a nice dinner. The Rock is off of Smoky Hill Road, just a few blocks west of E-470. Find them online at therockrest.com. That's therockrest.com. Life Flower Dispensary on Leedsdale serves medical and recreational until midnight. We are a one-stop shop and have something for everyone. Whether you're a smoker or prefer to use topical treatments for severe pain, we carry a huge variety of edibles, infused sodas, concentrates, flour, and we even carry glass too. 
check out our menu at weedmaps.com for specific strains and price details. Life Flower Dispensary. Open 8 a.m. to 12 a.m. Monday through Sunday. Mention BSN Denver and get 15% off your entire purchase. Back on the BSN Buffs podcast <laughs> for, for the fourth segment. Uh, one of the best segments always on this show. Uh, if you stick around for it, it's always High key, fun always the worst segment. High key, uh, it's more for us. <laughs> this time, uh, the it's fourth segment, it's for us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Needs like a sexy voice in the background. No. Uh, I didn't mean, yeah, not like that. Uh, either way, we're doing a word association today. I'll start it off. Ryan, Phil Lindsay. Dope. <laughs> Keep go- let's go. Keep going. Oh, is it my turn now? Yes. All right. Um, Allie, Blake Street Tavern. Wild. <laughs> that was good. one of mine. Ah, I knew uh. it. Okay, um, Jake, Ralphie. That was one of mine. Oh! <laughs> I guess that would be the word, but it's... Bay. Okay. <laughs> Ryan, Folsom on a Saturday. Oh, the dream. Just the absolute dream. All right, um, Jake, sending this back. Todd Graham. Whose mans is this? <laughs> Jesus. Allie, Tad Boyle. Basketball. <laughs> Fair. I mean, that's accurate. Um, all right, Ryan. And uh, uh, this is for both of you. Third string quarterbacks. Trash? <laughs> I was going to say bad. Okay. Uh, I've got one more. Ryan, Bryce Bobo. Hands team. Okay, Ryan. Um, Allie. Fall. Basic. <laughs> um, all right. Allie, um, fog. I hate it. I hate That's the fog. When I can't see the flat irons, it was bad opinion segment. Bad opinion segment oh, for right. Allie. When I can't see the flat irons, it bothers me. Sometimes they just have like a perfect glaze of when fog it, when over there. When it's a little bit of fog, like behind the mountains, that's fine. But when I can't see them, I get upset. The day that my love affair with fog began, a perfect layer of fog lay just above the treetops in Boulder, covering the entire city except for the Flatiron. So it was literally my parents' house, which, you know, sits up on the hill. Then just, like, a sea of white, and then the Flatirons. That looks like, sounds like heaven. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, Jake, CSU. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, you can answer it, too, if you want to. I, I mean, just a good, good solid establishment. <laughs> Plebeians. <laughs> Okay, any more? Uh, I think I'm out. You out? Yep. I have one more. Okay. Blackout Boys. Really bad nickname. <laughs> yeah. Great great players, bad name. Uh, and hand symbol is also bad. The hand symbol is garbage. It is. It really is. All, actually, all hand symbols are garbage. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of hand symbols, got one more word association. The Shocker. I'm not answering that. <laughs> well, that's the BSN Buffs podcast for the week. I am Jake Shapiro alongside Ryan Konigsberg and Ali Monroy. You can catch all of our content on bsndenver.com. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Facebook at BSN Buffs. 
Uh, follow Allie on Twitter at AllieMonroy11, the 11th best Monroy. 11th oh, yeah. best Allie Monroy. Not even the best 11th best Monroy, the 11th best Allie Monroy. There's a lot of us. Follow him on Twitter at Ryan Konigsberg. You can get, catch all of his Broncos coverage, even tonight. Uh, Broncos Thursday night game. Look forward to all of his retweets of old Chargers retweets that have been going on all week. He's really excited about that, by and, the way. Uh, follow Making a charge, you know. Go give him a favorite. Follow me on Twitter at Chapalicious. Uh, where you can get all the latest buffs news. Uh, so thanks for joining us this week and we'll uh, we'll see you soon. Okay, you got it. RK is not trying to mess around. He's ready for business. Welcome back to the BSN Buffs podcast. I'm Jake Shapiro alongside Ryan Konigsberg and Ali Monroe.